Hello everyone, welcome to Insights by Bergman, a podcast that provides timely commentary from subject matter experts on topics and trends related to our built environment. I'm today's host, Stacy Lake, and with me is one of the foremost experts on New York State's waterways, Ken Avery. He's the practice leader for Bergman's Water Resources Group. Thanks for joining us, Ken. It's great to have the opportunity to share with you today about the past, present, and future of the New York State Canal System. Yes, so that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Um, I know that I find this a really interesting topic, the Erie Canal, um, and it's what a lot of people call the most important waterway in New York State. Um, And you are a waterway expert. You've got a really impressive background in water resources and environmental engineering with 40 plus years in the field and 35 here at Bergman um, with a resume that spans projects from river hydraulics to ecosystem restoration, flood control, dams and levees, the list really goes on and on. Um, A large number of projects in your resume are in some way related to the Erie Canal, Ken, so you clearly have a passion for this. Waterway, um, why is that? What sparked your interest in the Erie Canal? Well, I, I grew up in Rochester. I've lived in New York State my entire life. Went to college in New York State, and I've always enjoyed New York State and American history, uh, similar to my dad. Um, and I'm fascinated by how the early canal engineers were able to use the materials and the engineering practices they had, which were nothing compared to what we have to work with today to build the, the canal system. You know, what did they have? They had timber, they had quarried rock, they had cement and wrought iron to build the original Erie Canal and the numerous feeders, feeder canals. Um, if you want a good read, a really good read is uh, Peter Berenstein's The Wedding of the Waters, uh, the Erie Canal and the Making of a Great Nation. It's a really great book on the Erie Canal and the history and how they really accomplished this. Um, in 1817, DeWitt Clinton, who was a governor at that time, he petitioned the legislature for $7 million in bonds to build this thing. And when it was built, it, allow, it, it allowed, for example, if, you, if it cost $100 to ship grain from Western New York, which was a breadbasket, uh, at the time. Right, bread, Flower City, Rochester. Yeah, it was a <laughs> breadbasket of the, of the nation at the time. If it cost $100 to ship to New York City, that cost dropped to $10. Wow. And, uh, and those bonds were paid off within 10 years. So I've, I've been blessed uh, since the early 1990s to be involved in a number of different endeavors uh, within New York State Canal System. Well, it sounds like your interest really spans all aspects of it. It's the history, it's the economics of it, it's the technical details of it. And, and it's interesting to hear you talk about, you know, what it was back then and what it's become today because it's really evolved with the needs of society and the state. Yeah. The, um, well, today, this is a 524-mile waterway that consists of four interconnected canals, uh, the Erie, the Cayugan Seneca, the Oswego, and the Champlain. 
That's really interesting. I don't know if a lot of people understand that. You know, you might be familiar with just one aspect of it, but really when it was built, it's all of these interconnected systems. And I know that we had a, a really big anniversary in 2018. It was, keep me honest here, I think it was the 100th anniversary of the barge canal system. Yeah. Why, why is that significant? So the canal system to start with in, in 1825 was a four foot deep canal, a ditch essentially. Um, in fact, the first 56 miles of it were built without any locks in a very level, flat area between Rome and Syracuse. But over the years, there were some expansions to the canal. It, in the 1850s, it was deepened to seven foot, and that allowed heavier tonnage to be shipped. Mm -hmm. Well, in, in 1918, which seems like it should have been at the end of the canal, building era, um, the railroads were, were very powerful at the time. And the thought was that if we increase the tonnage on, on the canal and using the materials we have today, which at that time was they had steel, which allowed um, the lifts for locks, which used to be no more than maybe 10 feet, to go to 25 feet because you could build the locks of the, the gates instead of timber you could build the gates of the locks with steel, which is a much stronger material. Um, so, so that expansion was the first to use large steel structures. We had one of those structures is the Court Street Dam here in Rochester, New York. So um, the idea was that the canal system, the barge canal system, could be a competitor to the railroads. Um, and as late as the 1960s, the canal system was shipping over three million tons annually. Uh, the opening of the St. Lawrence Seaway system in 1959, however, allowed ocean-going ships to, to, to come into the Great Lakes through the St. Lawrence Seaway project, and that really killed off most of the commercial okay. um, shipping on the canal. And the annual tonnage dwindled down to something like 50,000 tons since then. Um, and today it's primarily used as a recreational um, waterway for pleasure boats. And of course the Erie Canal Trail, uh, which is almost completed, uh, runs parallel and alongside of it for most of its length. Yeah, and that's, but, you know, it's, it's interesting because you mentioned the recreational uses. Are there still commercial uses today in any aspect? Yeah. Because I know it's evolved quite a bit. Yeah, and there have been some surprising uses and, and some good opportunities as well. Um, first of all, Oswego, the city of Oswego has a good-sized port, and that's right at the end of the Oswego Canal, right on Lake Ontario. Um, General Electric has a very large facility on the Erie Canal, the canalized uh, section of the Mohawk River between locks seven and eight. And you probably heard about uh, a few years ago, Genesee Brewery here in Rochester had a number of beer tanks shipped from China yes. that came through the Erie Canal system. And then since 2016, uh, the Erie Canal System, and specifically the Champlain Canal, has been used to ship granite aggregate from up north um, down the Champlain Canal to the Hudson River to New York City, where it's used 
to manufacture concrete. So in very recent years, we've actually had an increase from 50,000 to about 500,000 tons annual, annually. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. So it's being used a little bit more yeah. for commercial purposes. Yeah. So it's been sort of like this reverse bell curve right. with that trend. Yeah. So, you know, you talk about the this evolution of the system. And back in 1918, it was a, a kind of a restructuring or a expansion. Yeah. Um, there's certainly been additions along the way. What is the condition of, of the infrastructure like? I know this is your area of expertise. It's a 100-year system. So what, what are we looking at? Yeah. Well, the, although they were able to use concrete and steel rather than masonry and timber, uh, like the very early canal, um, the practices of construction, quality control, um, how concrete was made, uh, was just not as good as it's made today. You're talking back in 100 years ago. Yeah, even yeah. 100 years ago. Uh, if you go along the West River Wall in Rochester, you'll see that the West River Wall is, is uh, there's sections called monoliths, and these are cast, concrete castings in, in maybe 40 foot lengths. But you'll, you'll see one monolith that looks pretty good, the condition of it, and then the next one, right next to it, is, has an incredible amount of deterioration. And if you look at the concrete, you can tell that, that it's not broken through the aggregate, but around the aggregate that's an indication of poor quality. And I just think that the practices were, were not as good as they are today. The other aspect of this is that a waterway infrastructure is very expensive to rehab. Mm. And most of the rehabs, when they're done, are very extensive. Uh, we've been involved in a couple of these. Uh, the Utica Harbor Dam, which is a, um, the dam that regulates levels in Utica Harbor um, and is um, crosses the Mohawk River. That rehabilitation, re in a few years ago, was ten million dollars, and more recently, Bergman did a major design for rehabilitation of Lock 07, Oswego mm -hmm. Lock Seven, and, and that was thirty million. So. The cost uh, to, to repair these structures wow. is significant. And the funding has been very, very inconsistent. When the, the Canal Corporation, which actually used to be under public, New York State Public Works Department, was shifted to New York State DOT, was shifted to New York State Thruway, and at that time, your Thruway tolls were being used to pay for canal really oh, oh that's yeah. very interesting so yeah. where does it live today well today it's been taken over by NIFA New York Power Authority and the New York Power Authority has a better much better funding source because they sell power um, and they sell a lot of power so the Canal Corporation is being much better funded today and um, they're actually doing things that they couldn't even think about five years ago. Oh. Uh, and those kind of things that they're doing will help to improve the long-term viability of the canal and will certainly improve the safety of the canal system <clears throat> for, 
for people who live downstream of it. Which I know is a big a big focus of a lot of the work that you, you've done with the team. Um, and, you know, this kind of brings us to a really big topic that we definitely wanted to hit on today, the Reimagine the Erie Canal Initiative. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that and about your and Bergman's involvement? Sure. Uh, this one was announced by Governor Cuomo in May of 2019. And it's really a sweeping initiative to see how the canal system can be reimagined for the 21st century, um, and therefore, thereby responding to an evolving society, um, environmental issues, and people's interests in in recreation and 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 other things than just commerce. Sure, sure. And uh, so. You can go to the, there's a website for Reimagine the Erie Canal. Which we'll put on our podcast website. I think that yeah. would be helpful for our listeners. Absolutely. Yeah. But the five stated objectives are to improve the quality of life for New Yorkers, to enhance economic development along the canal corridor, to find new opportunities to enhance recreation and tourism, uh, to assess how the Erie Canal can help mitigate impacts from flooding and ice jams, and then lastly, to identify opportunities for using Erie Canal infrastructure to expand irrigation for the Western New York farms. Oh, so you're right. It is a sweeping initiative. There's a yeah. lot that it's touching on. And it sounds like they're really mapping out the plan for what the canal system needs to be now and into the immediate future. That's right. right. Yeah. And in January of this year, uh, the task force uh, published a report and, Which uh, Ken is holding up for me right now. It is a very sizable report. <laughs> I think it's public too, so we'll put a link yes. to that as well on our website yes. for the re- for the listeners. And, and that, that provides a lot of the detail um, uh, for the initiatives that were looked at. But because of our long-term past involvement with the canal system, uh, the people, the consultant that was recommended. Um, conduct the reimagined study was we were referred to them and they uh, graciously have taken us on as a really a big player in this so um, we assisted them in a lot of different ways uh, primarily uh, looking at flood mitigation on the Mohawk River so this is you know between Schenectady and Herkimer mm-hmm. and up through Utica towards Delta Dam we provided a lot of hydraulic evaluations uh, and flood damage evaluations for that entire corridor, uh, both in terms of uh, the potential flood damage reduction and in flood insurance premium reductions that could be achieved simply by operating the canal system in a way where the movable dams gates would be opened in advance of a flood event. Uh, to release the water. To release water and to create a bigger waterway that would not trap debris during these flood events, which hmm. heretofore had happened significantly in 2006, 2013, 2011. All three of those were major flood events where the movable dam gates were not fully removed from the water, uh, causing a lot of debris to get trapped and, to, and even causing flood levels to be greater than what they normally would be because of the snagging of debris. Um, and even though the work of the, the task force report was done in January, 
we've continued to assist with this whole aspect of flood damage reduction in the Mohawk River Basin and uh, we'll be continuing on that throughout the rest of this year and hopefully into next year. Another aspect um, that we helped out with is managing water in the 60 mile pool between Rochester and Lockport. It might be hard to believe this but there's 64 miles between Lock 33 which is actually in Brighton and Lock 34, which is in Lockport, oh, wow. it's a level pool of water, and for that that whole um, water body is now being considered as as a means to release water for two reasons. One is to provide for irrigation to farmers and farms nearby. It's it, it's a well known fact that you can grow higher value crops if you have irrigation at your disposal and uh, they're looking at going into irrigation in a bigger way than they already do hmm. um, by using the canal system more uh, than they do today to draw in water from the Niagara River which is actually where the canal is fed in the western section. The other aspect is because there's a bunch of structures along the 60 mile pool they're called waste gates. Um, you can actually regulate the water by operating the gates such that you can let water out here, you can let it out there, you can make gate adjustments um, for irrigation. But another idea has been to use the gate adjustments in the fall season as to attract fish from Lake Ontario up some of the big tributaries. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so as, to promote sport fishing. Yes, and Yeah. yeah. And um, such as Oak Orchard Creek, Johnson Creek, 18 Mile Creek. These are pretty good sized streams that discharge into Lake Ontario and they're really loved by fishermen. But the idea of providing more water um, actually serves to attract fish, very similar to a, like a fish ladder. Mm -hmm. uh, when you build a fish ladder, you have what's called attraction flow flowing through the fish water, uh, or f through the um, through the uh, fishway, and that water, as it flows through, attracts the fish to come up the fishway. I think what's so interesting about listening to you talk about this is the interconnectivity amongst all the waterways here in upstate New York. Um, you know, it, in my past, I've learned a lot about how lucky we are here in New York to have such ample water supplies. Um, and to listen to how interconnected all of the tributaries, the canal system, the Great Lakes, all the way out to the ocean, how connected they are is really impressive. Yeah, so we, we continue to be involved in a, in a few other aspects of this, um, some white water, Two whitewater facilities are being uh, looked at in a couple of different locations on the canal system. And uh, there will be some additional endeavors, in it, I hope, in the near future that I'm that aren't quite ready to be talked about. But, <laughs> we'll uh, have you back so you can share the details when you're able to. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. But um, it's, it's been a wonderful opportunity to use our experience on the canal system in a new way, really, and in a way that um, seeks to benefit New York State residents in a way that the canal has never, 
until now has never thought to be possible yeah. to, to help in such ways. When you think about all these opportunities, you think about the goals and the plan and everything, what are, what are you personally most excited about? Well, I, I have to go back to when they had the Reimagine the Canal competition, it was open to anybody and any companies to submit ideas. In fact, Bergman as a firm submitted three ideas. And this was to help map out the task force plan, right? Right. Okay. Right. And what was interesting is the, the one that I chose was flood damage reduction. And, and I had the idea that from a few projects that we had worked on, including the movable dams and including for some of the work we had done on the West River Wall in Rochester, the idea that the canal could be better used to reduce flooding. The, the, the interesting thing in looking at it in hindsight is that as I look back on my proposal for that, I was not thinking big enough. Oh. I was not thinking <laughs> the way that the evaluation committee was thinking. And yet, even though my proposal didn't get accepted as such, um, flood damage reduction has become a, a big part of this aspect and I'm and my team are a big part of implementing it. So even though we didn't win the competition per se, um, we've been able to be involved in, in supporting this great initiative. And uh, so I, I guess I would say that the, the flood damage reduction aspect of it, which has come back uh, in, in a really wonderful way to us here at Berkman is, is something I'm very excited about. Yeah, it sounds like it'll it'll bring a lot of positives to the community and to people yeah. that live and work and, and have land along the canal system. Exactly. Yeah, well, and I, I get to see you and your team on a fairly regular basis. I know how passionate you all are about um, the canal and just um, making the waterways here in New York and all of the states that we service the best they can possibly be. Yeah. Um, so it's really exciting. Ken, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us today before we sign off here? Um, well, I just appreciate being able to share with you and others uh, about the canal system that I've taken a great interest in and in which uh, the people here at Bergman have done such a wonderful job of supporting in the past and in a new way going forward. Uh, we all look to continue to support the canal in these fresh in new initiatives uh, for the benefit of all people across New York State. That's great. Well, we'll definitely stay in touch with you and your team, and we'll hopefully get some updates along the way here. Ken, thank you again. This has been fantastic. Uh, to our listeners, thank you for joining us on this episode of Insights by Bergman. We have a lot more exciting topics coming up in the near future, so please stay tuned. And just a reminder that this and all of our podcast episodes can be found at bergmanpc.com podcast or on your favorite streaming channels, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many, many more. Until next time, I'm Stacy Lake with Insights by Bergman.